Today's episode of GM Street is brought to you by Hotel Tonight. Let me tell you about this amazing hotel booking app. Hotel Tonight is an app that helps you find amazing hotel deals at the last minute. It's perfect for a spontaneous getaway or indulging in a little staycation. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe. Or if you're the type who likes to plan ahead and have things locked down, you can actually book rooms in advance with Hotel Tonight. Up to seven days in advance everywhere and up to 100 days in advance in certain major cities. Whether you need a room for tonight, tomorrow, or beyond, you definitely want to download the Hotel Tonight app. So what are you waiting for? Get in on these killer last-minute deals and download the Hotel Tonight app now. Welcome to GM Street, part of the Ringer Podcast Network. I'm Tate Frazier, and sitting across from me on this Sunday evening, Mr. Mike Lombardi. Lombardi, how you doing? I'm good, Tate. I'm good. Uh, we're going to talk about how bad the, those three teams I thought were, might pull out victories are going to give me. Like, yeah. why didn't you protect me from The myself? Saturday sit-down, we, we had been gassed up by Bill Simmons, you know, was That's telling That's not you, his fault. I'm not going to It's not his fault, so. but I'm just saying, we, we had this week, and it's we had been promoted. Fault. It's my fault. <laughs> it's all my fault. Look, I, I named— I'm going to take some blame, too, because I, I, I should have the guy. I named the guy the heist because he stole, okay? And Simmons tried to talk me out of it right there in the courtyard, right by mm-hmm. where they do the, the how to get away with murder. Yeah. Well, I got away with a stupid decision <laughs> right there, okay? You got away with a heist. I got away with a heist. He's trying to talk me out of it. He was right. I mean, like, okay, I hate the heist. Like, if the heist is playing, <laughs> right, I should always go against I'm them. sorry, Mr. Miss Osweiler. <laughs> yeah, all right. So, I, as a football player, I love yeah, him as a, yeah, person. As a person. I'll get him a Christmas card. Great guy. Great he'll guy get, He'll person. get the Christmas card with Bella and Lana <laughs> on it, you know, and Millie. Anyway, so so that I go. So then I'm, I've told you how bad McAdoo and Eli is for how long? Like, I've, since I've known you. Since you've known me, yes. right? And I go against them, okay? Mm-hmm. And not, and then I go against, and then the Bucks. I, I buy into the Bucks are going to turn it around, even though they look like And I'm like going to take some blame there because I, I had some NFC South, you know, just a little bit of knowledge, and I thought they'd go in and, and lose that game to the Saints for whatever reason. But then Saturday afternoon after we the Saturday sit-down, I hear from somebody in the league, and they say, you went with the Bucks, really? The Bucks that everybody in the league knows they quit, and I'm like, oh, why didn't somebody tell me that beforehand? Like I thought they had a chance to rally, and then anyway, so I think you knew that the Bucks quit when Mike Evans came down, and the fight started, and they cut the Dirk Cutter, and Cutter was basically just completely oblivious to the situation, like, and I just like qu- they were completely lost. Take Frazier, I have a question for you. Yeah, if what's up? We all have trouble seeing close up, right? Yes. So like, like, <laughs> don't wear bifocals. I mean, Johnny Sack didn't wear bifocals in mm. the courtroom because it thought it would make him look weak, right? Like, put a pair of glasses on. You don't want to look like an old man in a lounge chair. Like, he's got the bifocals sitting there. Look, we all can't see. We get older. It's going to happen to you too. It happens oh, to all of us. Okay. I can already have problems with that. All right. So, like, but the bifocals is a bad look. Like, it's a bad Like, it doesn't send a message that you're into this. I mean, I'm not the judge. I say the they should cop. wear Rexpecs. That's a good look. It could be. Or, or you know, what was the, you know, uh, What's the, what's those goggles they wore in that in that basketball movie? The Jim Jim Carrey Rex Specs. Yeah, yeah, there you those go. Are, there you yeah. go. That's right. See, we're on the same page. Of course, of course. So anyway, anyway, that's what we do. But let's talk about two teams that actually had it together this week, and they both scored 51 points. Ironically enough, and that's the Los Angeles Rams and the Philadelphia your Philadelphia Eagles. Yeah, my Eagles look yeah, they, lead look the high. NFL right now. Can we just talk about those two teams? They just look dominant at this point. Yeah, and I and I think this. Uh, you know, when we talk about those teams, they they came out fast. Yes, and they put it on their team, and they sent the other team away early. Mm-hmm. I mean, I was at Tony P's, and I said to Millie, "We got to go." Like it was in the midway through the second quarter. Like there was no good game to watch. Poor Tony wanted some more money out of you. Yeah, Another I mean, my bill was light this week. I mean, it was like there was no good games to watch. 
watch. And and Philly just came right out and just took control of the game. It makes you wonder about Denver's defense because they were second in the league and they were first in the league in run defense tied with Philly. They couldn't get anywhere near Carson Wentz. And then, I, you know, Sean McVay has done a great job. I know, you know, everybody thinks Doug Peterson should be coach of the year. Sean McVay's done a great job with, with his team. And just the way they put it on the Giants was really embarrassing. And I thought that they threw the ball well, they ran the ball effectively, and they just never let up. And, I mean, look, they went to London, flew home to L.A., had the bye week, and then flew back to the East Coast again. And now they're 4-0, and the Rams on the road. And their schedule, as you look at it down the stretch, it's a little bit more difficult in the second half. But the way they're playing and their defense is playing really well, I mean, that was a win. And the Eagles, look, I, I, there's nothing I could say about the Eagles that would be anything other than the fact that Wentz is great and I think their defense is unbelievable. And they got Fletcher Cox. I mean, he's he's playing on another level right, right. now. I mean, he's Jernigan's playing on another level. Vinny Curry's playing. Their whole defense is playing on another level. That front level. I mean, seven is serious. Their front seven. And, I mean, look, Denver had no chance, mm-hmm. really. And, and I'm the idiot who thought they did, but they had no chance. Can I talk about after the game, a lot of the, the Denver Broncos defense, a lot of the guys, they were saying that, Basically, they were trying to compliment the Eagles' offense, but they said it's a college offense. It is. It, it, it's an it's a read. So it's a you know Carson Wentz decides it's a run play. He's got a pass. He, it, they were saying it's a college offense, but, but, but it came it came out as a slight to them. But you're saying that's a good thing. Well, but I mean it, it is. I mean I think it's where the league's going. I really do. Mm-hmm. I think because of his ability to move. They went a lot of unbalanced today. They, they didn't talk about it on television, but they were in a lot of unbalanced sets. They tried to outflank the, the Broncos. They did a nice job there. Uh, and so, and they created those matchups. And when you run those plays and you're not used to it, obviously it looks to me like Denver wasn't really ready for it. I mean, mm-hmm. it wasn't like the third, the first first quarter for the Eagle game, the first third, they're in third and 10 immediately, right off the bat. That's they, what they do. That's what, And they complete the pass. Yep. Then they drive down the field and score. Then they get a, the turnover, the the heist throws them the turnover. They have third and 10 again, and they throw a screen. They don't tackle. I mean, they're doing – that's that wasn't college. They're just out-executed Denver. Denver can make excuses for it, but they just out-executed them. And let's flip to the Giants because that's a team that, after the game, a lot of people were coming right. after. You know, Damon Harrison even put out a tweet basically saying that they didn't give up on the game. But the Sammy Watkins route where he basically there has was, Landon Collins and he just runs by them for a touchdown. But there was a bunch of those. Yeah, was, a bunch it, of the, the whole game was like that. Right, and so I think this is really the part that people have to really understand. Like, I'm not ever going to accuse a team of quitting mm-hmm. on Sunday because I think it's too hard to go out there and not give all your effort. The game's too violent. The game's too hard. But I think where the quitting occurs, and you as an executive or you as an owner, when you evaluate the teams – because we're in the veterinarian business, the patient doesn't talk to us. We have to evaluate certain symptoms that occur. And when you see free access touchdowns and when you see players not paying attention to detail, then you know Monday through Saturday that there's, there's stuff, a disconnect. There's a disconnect going on. And as an executive or as an owner, you're like, well, wait a minute. Now, owners are different. Okay. Owners, they don't want to get the blame for anything. So when the blame shows up for them, and empty seats show up, like at the Giants game today, when mm-hmm. all those PSL seats are empty, yep. and you're John Mara, you're getting blamed now for this team, and people aren't showing up, that's a doubleheader. You're going to fire your coach. You're going to fire your general manager. There's no way around that. And I think what, what you see is, I think it's too harsh to say they quit, but football's a game of attention to details. I mean, you know, Marcus Aurelius has this great quote that the secret to all victory lies in the organization of the non-obvious. What, what he's saying with that quote is it's the details. It's when you line up with this split, you're going to do this. When you do that, and w- where the Rams are very predictable what they do, but they're very effective, if you don't pay attention during the week, they're going to catch you off guard. And they did against the Giants. And to me, if I were McAdoo and I was watching that tape, 
your, our message isn't getting home. Like, we're just not getting home. And then add the fact that, look, at some point, this is the best thing, that, Giant fans, this is the best thing that ever happened to you. It mm-hmm. really is. Because Eli, it's over with. It's over with for Eli. Put his name up on the on the Legion of, on the wall. Two okay. Super Bowl rings, he's going to be there forever. Retire his jersey, yep. pay him all the respects he should get. I mean, it's tremendous. But it's over. It's done. I mean, you're not coming back from this. you got to rebuild your franchise, and it should start today. And they should take the same approach that, that Miami took this week. If you don't want to be here, we'll fire you. We'll get you out of here because we're going to have to fix this team. It's going to take more than just one year to do it. I'll give you two bright spots if you're a Giants fan. One, Evan Ingram. Great. You got compared to Randy Moss today on a fade route. That's a good place to be in. Right. Number two, OBJ, a.k.a. Safe Ferris. It's his birthday. Safe Ferris. Just, just turned 25. He was there today. Did his, was the helmet there today? Absolutely. And he's going to get. Such a joke. It's, it's going to be great. He's going to get his big contract. They said nothing about the injury is going to hold him back. And then it's going to be OBJ, Ingram, Shepard. You build with those receivers. You see what Webb has. Right. You see, see if Eli and has I got, one more And year. I got blinded by it. They went out to Denver. They played Denver really well. And now we know Denver. Such a trap game. Yeah. Such a trap game. And, and like, look, I'm never going against my instincts again on quarterbacks that I know. I know Flacco's bad. Mm-hmm. I know that. Okay. <laughs> I know DB Flacco's bad. Okay. DB, DB. Cooper. <laughs> DB. I know he's bad. Okay. I know the heist is bad. Mm-hmm. And I went with him. And I know that Eli's not, can't play anymore. I mean, I went against my instincts and I, it's my own fault. So, but that being said, I think that's where the Giants are. The Giants have to rebuild. The Giants, this is the best thing that happened to the Giants. And if they don't look at it that way, they're making a mistake. Well, let's talk about a team that made a lot of mistakes today. And that's the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, a team that we both believed in. You know, we mentioned the Saturday sit down. We said that they could go into the Saints and maybe make some noise and try to turn the season around. But instead, Jameis Winston doesn't even play the second half. Ryan Fitzpatrick. He should have played in the first half. He he really should. He looks bad. I mean, like, I don't know how they watched him practice and thought. But first of all, they didn't practice because the way they executed, it was horrible. And I think the question is on Jameis Winston is how good is he? Mm-hmm. Like he's been inaccurate. His leadership, that whole fiasco before the game was ridiculous. The speech, yeah. The speech was like, okay, really? This is going to get us motivated to play? And meanwhile, Cotter— Well, was, that, look, I will say this. I mean, I'm a, I'm from the country a little bit. You know, I'm outside. It, it, that's some sticks talking, you know? That's just like some old school— I get school, it, but yeah, like he didn't but, back but it, it up. But it does, yeah, but it also doesn't—it it wasn't doesn't, relevant. You could see the whole team was very confused by the whole message Yeah, it looked like it just came out of—it came out for the TV cameras. Yeah, it was strange. It was strange. And then you get to the point now where— with Jameis, they have the fight. They have the scuffle on the sideline that with Mike was bad. Evans. Mike Evans should get suspended for a week He for that. stays in the game. I don't know how that happened. Like, that was I don't unbelievable. Know, he should be suspended for a week. There's no doubt. I mean, he should be suspended for a week, I think. There's no question in my mind. It was horrible. And, and and I'm you know, you have all these weapons. You're supposed to be this much better on offense. You're supposed to be this much better on defense. You spent all this money. And look, the Glazers have fired people. They fired John Gruden and won a Super Bowl for him. They fired Tony Dungy, all right? They fired Greg Ciano after two years. They're going to fire Dirk Cotter. I mean, even a Raheem Morris who won 10 games. They're going to they fire yeah, Raheem yeah. Morris. I yeah. mean, one thing you know as an executive, when it's going south, it's south. It's south in Tampa. I mean, I know they play the Jets this week, but there's no turning this thing around. Ryan Fitzpatrick facing his old team. I mean, <laughs> I was going to say Fitzpatrick revenge game. Yeah, should be fun. Well, uh, McCowan played, again, played McCown, for the Bucs, yep. so it's, it's like a reunion game of two teams. I mean, <laughs> But look, I, I thought the Bucks are just horribly, and I thought they were poorly. They really were poorly coached in terms of their execution. It was bad, I, and so to me, you're going to hear the John Gruden talk because it's heating up. I had two phone calls tonight on the way over here from people in the league saying, "You wait and see this happen." What happens if John Gruden? I'm just going to throw this is hypothetical. What happens if John Gruden say Cutter loses his job? Gruden gets offered the job. He takes the job. There's nobody in the booth for Monday Night Football. You know what we get? 
Rex Ryan in the that would booth. be nice. Yeah, that would be, be amazing. That would be you talk really about television. Good. That would be good TV. <laughs> I, I, I'm, I, you know, the John Gruden rumors always hang around all the time. But this well, one, he, I think, he's been in rumors since he. But left. I think this one's real. I, I think the Glazers have made up with him, and I think they need a coach. And I think if you look at the landscape of the NFL, there's not a lot of great coaches in the league. I mean, let's just be real honest here. And so I think he comes back. You know, if you're the Glazers, they're going to do what it takes to get to get somebody in there who can take over because they have too much invested in this team. I mean, they have way too much invested. And it looks to me like they are, I mean, the Giants, them, they they didn't quit, but they're certainly not paying attention. Absolutely. Uh, let's keep it going. Kirk. Cousins. You, how you like me now, Tate Frazier? I love it. Kirk Cousins in Seattle goes in, gets a big win against Russell Wilson and, and the Seahawks today. I mean, he basically just battled through it and made it happen. And Blair Walsh, thank God for him, misses three kicks today. <laughs> Blair Walsh was Blair Walsh today. Like, I think <laughs> of Seattle, it's like, there's no way. Like, there's this guy needs to be on a couch, okay? My question to you is, if, a, if you're in a playoff series as a franchise and a guy misses a 27-yard field goal attempt and you win... I think I'd mark that down as a guy I would never want to have on my team. Yeah, Somehow I, he ends up on the team two years I think later. Seattle's going to try some kickers out this week. I think Blair yeah. Walsh is on a short. Because I'm going to tell you what, they scored the touchdown to go ahead 14-10, to 10, mm-hmm. and they didn't get the two-point conversion. But they were, and it was 10-8 to 8 when they were driving down the field, and everybody in the stadium knew we need to score a touchdown. We don't need to win this game 11-10 mm-hmm. because we are going to make win 11-10. And so – to me, the, the the interesting thing about this game was, A, Kirk Cousins played really well. With a backup offensive line, the Redskins were beat up all over. The Redskins played hard the entire game. They harassed Russell Wilson. Their defensive front was after him. But the plays down the stretch, the throws that Cousin made in the two-minute drill were really remarkable against a team that's good in the two-minute drill. I mean, this is when Seattle, when that when that game went, when they went up 14 to 10, this is Seattle's team, right? That's what they build their win in the fourth quarter, you know, rush the passer, cover, make plays down, and Washington beat them at their own game. It's pretty impressive. Absolutely. And I just want to say that defense between Josh Norman, DJ Swearinger, and Zach Brown spying so, Russell well, Wilson all day. Well, they, it was yeah, and they rushed Zach Brown a little bit today, which was good. They needed him to rush around the corner. And and I mean, look, we've said it here on 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 GM Street repeatedly. Can we just please stop Eddie Lacy running? The, it's six carries for 20 yards. I mean, like, I'm not at practice, but I could tell you Eddie Lacy can't run the runs that Seattle wants to run. I'm just telling you that I right now. I feel bad for Thomas Rawls because he comes in and he's always the backup and then he does all this great stuff and then he has to go back and be behind Fat Eddie every there's week. St- you know, it's like at some point they need to straighten it out. And now that they're 5-3, and three, they're in second place to the Rams, I, I think it's time to have a true sim. Because, look, they, they've won – usually they win at home – all the time because of the crowd and all that. But, I mean, the 49ers almost beat them up there. Mm-hmm. They had the tough game with Houston. They had to come back last week. I mean, there's three games. They're 2-1 and one in those three games, but easily could have been 0-3. Yep, absolutely. And even today, if they had come down, Russell Wilson throws the Hail Mary. It almost happened. People were freaking out saying Jimmy Graham should have caught that ball and everything. But the fact that they got down there and they could have had a kick, like Blair Walsh probably wasn't going to make that kick. They, make they weren't in a position to win the game at all, even though people are trying to frame it that way yeah, now after the no. game. No, I, I mean, and look, even the Indianapolis game that they routed Indianapolis, that was a close game at the half. So they haven't played well at home. They've actually played better on the road than they have at home so far this year. But, you know, to me, uh, the, they they need to fix their offense and they can't keep going three and a half quarters with no production from their offense or just kick field goals that they're not going to make. They need a field goal kicker and they need to really get some kind of rhythm in their offense. I, it, what's fascinating about the the Seattle Seahawks is, is that their offensive coordinator, Daryl Bevel, is always under pressure all the time. And this year his name's not, I mean, but to me, their offense is just disconnected. Yeah, it's been pretty bad. I just will say this. Russell Wilson, that slant route that Malcolm Butler, the original pick, yeah. it happened to him twice a day. I know it did. 
I know and it did. It seems like See, it's in his head almost. And that's where you know, like, that's the perfect example of a team. The Redskins are still paying attention to their coach, okay? Because mm-hmm. that was a split read. He broke on the ball. He understood what the play was. It was coached during the week, and it executed. You know, Fuller the first time. Right. Yeah. Practice game, practice execution becomes game reality. That's a key thing. And that's when you know your team is, is following. You know your team's listening to the coach. But when you get beat 51 to whatever and you give up 51 points, your team isn't listening to you. Mm-hmm. You're not practice execution isn't becoming game reality, and that's the real problem. And that's why the New York Giants are going to be looking for a coach. That's why the Tampa Bay Buccaneers are going to be looking for a coach. Let's talk about the Denver Broncos, a team that didn't execute either. I mean, it's just that, a total yeah. debacle today. I mean, Vance Joseph is a a guy, obviously first year head coach, trying to figure out this defense, but Way they looked today. lost. They, they were undisciplined today. They had so many penalties in the first half, and, and the Eagles kicked their butt up and down the field. And Vance jo- Joseph wasn't very. They weren't very impressive. But I think this is a a real. This is a bigger issue in Denver. This is the aftermath of Peyton Manning. I wrote about it for the Ringer in May. People ripped my ass for it, saying, you know, they're no, they don't have a quarterback. They mm-hmm. don't have a quarterback when Paxton Lynch comes in. Like, like they don't have a quarterback. Their offensive line. I know they signed two guys in free agency. Both players, Leary's better than Watson. Watson isn't playing very good. The left tackle they drafted in the first round isn't playing very well. I mean, none of their draft picks, other than the, other than the Von Miller, is coming through. I mean, this whole thing. I know John Elway's got an unbelievable reputation as a player and as an executive, but when you look at the offseason that they've had and you look at what they've done since Peyton left, this is another example of Peyton carrying a team, and now that Peyton's no longer there, they can't do it. Yeah, it's good for the Peyton Manning legacy at this point. No, you know, it's it's really a truth. I mean, like, even though Peyton won his Super Bowl when he wasn't 100%, he carried the franchise. This and fr- people forget about that 2013 team that went and lost to the Seahawks and got routed. I mean, they were an unbelievable regular season team. They were. The and, and, I mean, they were they – were, but now, I mean, this team's not very good. I mean, this team looked today. Now, I know the Eagles played great and and all and give them all the respect in the world. But the reality was Denver was never in this game. Mm-hmm. I mean, Denver was never in this game. They had about three or four plays at the beginning of the game on the first drive, and then they ran out of plays because they got the they got the heist back there. They have no run game. They can't block anybody up front. I mean, Demarius Thomas and Emmanuel Sanders, they were trying, but there was nothing going. I, I mean, it was bad. I think Denver – you know, and and don't look at Denver winning. Say they beat, they come back and they play a great game against New England and they upset. Don't buy them. in, basically. Don't buy in because that's a home game. Like Denver, you have to evaluate Denver on the road. They couldn't win in Oakland. I mean, they couldn't win in Kansas City. They got routed in in Philadelphia. They got beat in Buffalo. I mean, they haven't won a road game. Yeah, it's been really tough. Uh, let's play our favorite game, guest the narratives. For this week, heading into it, what's your number one narrative to look out for? Well, you know, I mean, look, the New York media is already on the guy. Ben McAdoo's, you know, he. I mean, at some point, when McAdoo sits there and says, my team has to quit, you know, he's probably saying it. Yeah, I, I, I don't disagree with that. He's obviously not watching the third and 33 that got converted. <laughs> yeah. He's not watching, you know, the guy, uh, Sammy Watkins, run 17 yards behind in the closest defender. I know I brought that up earlier, but he literally looked like he was jogging and he just ran Tate to the Frazier, end zone. There was more plays than that one. <laughs> I could tell you that. They look like the 2015 New York Giant defense, and it's curly in the boat, right? So Spagnola's got – he's got a big play sheet too. He's dialing up all sorts of things, and what happens is – they're not paying attention to them. They're not getting it on the checks. They're not making the adjustments. And so what happens is free access touchdowns. Like yep. free access touchdowns are, drive me crazy because that's the meaning of defense is to defend the pass or defend the run. And when you give up a free access touchdown from a blown coverage, people aren't paying attention. I think the narrative all week for me – I don't know about for you – is going to be – McAdoo is going to be on the hot seat. He better bring his toothbrush to work. 
in New York, in that media scene, with everything that's going on with this team, it feels like he's honestly not getting the heat that I expected him to get at this point. It seems like there, I saw some people at the stadium today with the fire bin McAdoo jersey. Obviously, that stuff happens, but it isn't as riled up as you would expect. It's almost like people have given them the benefit of the doubt because of OBJ and that whole situation. Yeah, but I mean, look, I, I don't think that's right. I think they, they are showing up. They're not showing up to the game. This is the first time they've been one and seven since 1980. Okay. Oof. Since night, I mean, they, and they, they're not showing up to the game, and nothing is going to make an owner change more than people not coming in because the tickets are already paid for, but where they make their money is the $87 hot dog, the $42 popcorn, parking for 150 bucks. You know, I mean, all that money comes in. That goes in their pocket, and that affects them. And they're not going to tolerate this for much longer. I mean, there's no way because the team, like I said, we're in the veterinarian business. The patient has to talk, doesn't talk to us, so we have to diagnose it. And the and the clearly the symptoms of the Giants are they've lost interest in their head coach. Yeah, it's really tough. Uh, my narrative: the Falcons they're floundering. Wow. I don't know what I don't know what's did going read, on there. Did you read today that uh, I think Jason Lockenfour reported this on CBS today that that Gary Kubiak would like to come back and just be an offensive coordinator? If that's true, and I don't doubt Jason's report whatsoever. If that's true, I'm if I'm Arthur Blank and Thomas Dimitrov. I fire Steve Sarkeesian, nice man, and I hire Gary Kubiak tomorrow because the only way Matt Ryan's going to get back to Matt Ryan is to get somebody in there like Kubiak or like Kyle Shanahan that can get them back to where they are because I said it at the beginning of the season, and I'll say it again. It was going to go downhill, and it's going way downhill. And they just looked – I mean, he just looks lost at times. It almost feels like Matt Ryan last year had the security blanket of Shanahan where he could turn to him and say, what should we do here? And now it seems like a lot's on his shoulders. Like he's having to make checks and decisions right. at the Once line. they get past the first 15, then he's on his own, mm-hmm. right? So it's a game of adjustments, and then he couldn't really make any adjustments. So I think it's really – this is a class example of a guy who has a reputation for being this – now, first of all, let's be real clear here. It's, it's amazing how guys get reputations, good and bad. All right, Sarkeesian's never called a play in the NFL as an offensive coordinator before this year. Okay, like he's never had like he was in college. Yes. He was at Jackson's USC. We can bring Jackson out here and he can give us a, a rundown on all the bad calls that he had because Jackson lived them at SC. Mm-hmm. Right. So Jackson's our, one of our producers of the, of the show. So, you know, I mean, th- that's clearly, you know, everybody's seen how bad he is. So like if I'm Atlanta and Gary Kubiak's out there, that's the first thing I would do. Is there another narrative that you have this week that you're looking forward to? Uh, yeah, the other one is, you know, look, we didn't talk about the Cowboys' great win against Kansas City, which was an impressive win. I mean, I thought the Cowboys, from start to finish, with the exception of the last minute of the first half, played really well. I mean, their defense is playing better, but they're, everything's tied to Zeke. And, I, and the narrative for me is, is Zeke going to play able to play against Atlanta this week, your team? Because if he can, you know, they're going to they're gonna be a – a tough team to beat. If he can't, they become more beatable. But I thought Dallas was really impressive. We learned a lot today from Dallas. Did you listen to that broadcast at all? Tony Romo. They open the broadcast, right? And they do the Tony Romo nine. He's our guy. Nine is fine. We love him to death. They, they They cut to Jerry Jones, and I hope you saw this. Jerry Jones clapping with his left hand over his right hand. I think I know why he likes Jason Garrett now. Because it's perfect. Clapper. form with his clapping Jerry Jones does not have that and he admires that in Jason Garrett and now we've all figured it out I've always wondered what Jerry saw in him and he saw the perfect form with his claps and it all makes sense so now. we got released of the JFK documents you know recently yeah, and yeah. we just found we got we're getting more information on <laughs> just Jason leaking Garrett out day by day on Jason Garrett now 
Tony said on the broadcast, what Jason does, he doesn't get involved in X's and O's. Mm-hmm. Not That's not him. That's not him. He That's not him. He is in charge of motivation, which explains the clapping. Of course. And he's in charge of the game day. He calls timeout when the when the, when the the play clock gets down to one or two. He'll call a timeout mm-hmm. there. So, you know, for five or six million a year, I think that's a bargain for Jerry. I think it is, too. And I, and I will say this. In that game, Jerry had a, Jerry had a good game today, you know? He did. Like, he, he had a lot of fun. He got to watch Tony call the game. He was very happy. He's got a good team. He's I mean, I can, make fun of J- I can make fun of, uh, of Jason Garrett all I want, but he's got a good team. He's got a team that, especially when David Irving's in there playing inside with De- How about this? Taco Charlton, first sack of the season. I know. Starting I know. to show some signs of life. I know. Their defensive front played really well. And I think Romo said something that was absolutely correct. Their front seven is way faster than their secondary. But it, this is one of the one of the few games I got right on on Saturday sit down. Their defense was perfect to play against Kansas City because they weren't going to be out of position other than the Hail Mary, which wasn't a Hail Mary. It was the check down to Ty- Tyreek Hill. They played really good the entire game. And Romo also brought up this great point. I mean, a lot of people, they they misevaluate how important Sean Lee is to that defense a lot of the times. Yeah, no doubt. And he, and he said he used to have meetings with Sean Lee, and he's like, we talk about offense, defense. Right. The guy knows football more than anyone. He's like a freaking quarterback. Yeah, if they would have the had him against side. the Rams, and uh, they were dominating the Rams in that game. If they would have had him in the game, we talked about Jalen Smith not being 100%, which he's not. Yes, I mean, absolutely. It, okay. we, we know that, but we like him, and we love his story. Yeah, it's a great story. Let's, you know, it's yeah, great. Like romanticize Sarke- as much like as Steve possible. Like Steve Sarkeesian, right? Jackson's a great story. So anyway. so <laughs> Redemption. Uh, people love redemption. Uh, yeah, Lombardi. redemption. <laughs> it's so, uh, you know, I, I think had they had Sean Lee in those games, that's when they didn't play well. I think that's clearly. But they're getting the feel for it. It'll be a big week because they come back after Atlanta, then they got to play Philly at home on Sunday night. And let's flip it on the other side. The Chiefs, this is my other narrative. Andy Reid, we saw him take the spill today. Oh, man, he took one All down. the people that did not help Andy Reid and catch him, let me just tell you that. A trust fall is a trust fall for a reason. Yeah. You're not always ready for him, but you got to make a play for your head coach. I'm very upset that they didn't make yeah. the play for him. But the Chiefs, they've now lost three straight at this point. Or not three straight, three of but four. Yeah, three or four. And, and they, they could have lost four straight. I mean, Denver had a chance. They did everything in their power to keep Denver in the game. Yeah. I, I mean, I think I think what you're seeing with the Chiefs is their defense isn't very good. And I think people understand how to attack their defense. If you stay away from Marcus Peters. Well, you I mean, go to the other side. They're throwing Acker the, the entire Acker, game. Acker, and they, even if they put Stevie Thomas over there, whoever mm-hmm. they put over there, they're going to be able to make plays. And so Terrence I, Williams tore him up today. Terrence Williams was really good today. Absolutely. Run after the catch, he was great. I mean, they were good. I mean, I thought Dak was excellent. Yes. I mean, I think clearly when Philly plays Dallas, that'll be a really, really two really good games. Uh, we have that to look forward to in two weeks. But the key is going to get by Atlanta. I mean, Atlanta will be a hard game for Dallas to play because Atlanta can move the ball on you if once you get past the first drive. I don't know if they do it after that. And that's the hard thing about the NFC East because you have the Cowboys and the Eagles who are both undefeated in the NFC East as it stands now until they obviously take on each other later in the season. So it's a weird spot because you don't know if Zeke's going to be there when they play each other. Yeah, and I mean, it, they're really in a dangerous area here. And, and look, the Redskins, if they ever could get healthy – I mean, they're four and four. If they could get healthy, that defense, yeah, the defense, they play hard, they tackle, you know, and they usually collapse in the fourth quarter, and they did today. But then their offense, Kirk came back and made some plays. I mean, this whole idea that Kirk isn't going to get paid. I mean, I'm telling you, Washington Redskins fans, Andy Dalton will be your quarterback next year. Mark, you heard it here. We talked about it before on GM oh, Street. Man. It's coming. The Washington Redheads. We didn't talk about Andy. We didn't talk about Andy Dalton today. About what he, what he threw for what buck fifty today. They ran for no yards. And and poor AJ Green. I just want to say this. I mean, he gets in that fight today. It was ugly with Jalen Ramsey. And yeah. I like both those players individually. 
I think A.J. Green's frustrations in Cincinnati are finally starting to bubble up. This is a guy that never showed that ever. He's always been pretty straight-laced. But today was not a not a good performance for him at all. I wish someone would have made a trade for him at the deadline. I wish yeah. he could get out of Cincinnati. I, I mean, he's I don't know. Uh, to me, if I was Cincinnati, I think I would have. I know they had a two and a three from Cleveland for mm-hmm. for AJ McCarron. I think I would have traded if I'd have got that for Andy Dalton. I would have done it. Now remember this: Andy <laughs> Dalton has no acceleration after this year, so he can easily be traded. Wait and see. That's, you wait and see. I can't wait for their Washington. A great win for Jacksonville, though. Look, yeah. Jacksonville. That's Jacksonville. what I should say. The AFC South, it looks like it's Jacksonville's division at this yeah, point. Yeah, Jacksonville. I mean, Tennessee beat Baltimore today, which we haven't had a chance to talk. Baltimore was terrible. Baltimore stopped. What drives me crazy is when you stop a team from doing what you knew they had to do. Mm-hmm. Ten, Baltimore stopped the run game of Tennessee, and yet Joe Flacco was just horrendous. I mean, yes. I know I I know I, I, I thought they could win the game, and, and they, they did cover but DB Flacco was bad. I mean, third. I mean, just all over the place. Uh, he can't. I mean, Baltimore needs a quarterback. Bad. There's so many teams need quarterbacks. I mean, Tony. Well, it's, a P- cha- it's a total changing of the guard at this. Tony point. Pease is going to go out of business if they don't get quarterbacks in this league. There wasn't. There wasn't a lot of people. At the, there, it wasn't crowded today. Tate Frazier. You think Tony Pease is losing business over this? He's got to start calling Flacco. Well, today's, today's cards were just. Today's games weren't yeah, very good. I mean, you didn't tough. have the Patriots. Mm-hmm. Like really, when you make the schedule and you don't have the Patriots and the Steelers, two fan bases that are going to come out. That's a problem. Yeah, and the Raiders were a, you know Sunday Raiders night game. Raiders were this night game, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's do some awards, your yep. favorite segment of the week. Uh, first up, time to go on the lamb. Is there anyone that needs to go on the lamb this week? Oh, I think I, I think the guy needs to bring his toothbrushes, Dirk Cotter and Ben McAdoo. I think those guys <laughs> oh, need. Maybe they go like a little buddy cop movie together. I, I mean, it's bad. I mean, they need to go on the lamb bad because that's – and I think Steve Sarkeesian is probably going to get close to going on the lamb here fairly quickly because that Atlanta offense is used to being high octane. Three's company, there you go. You know, and, and so – you just got to wonder about that. But look, Tampa Bay, all, both sides of the ball, they get a pump blocked. So don't forget that their special teams were bad today, too. I mean, there's just a lot of breakdowns. Same thing with the Giants. I mean, the Giants are just like, I, McAdoo doesn't even call plays anymore. He's taking all the fun out of it for me. He changed his play sheet. He changed his hair. <laughs> and everyone was saying today, like in the broadcast, when they were talking about McAdoo, they're like, you know, he he did this, you know, great thing by giving up the play calling rights. Like he acknowledged the fact that he shouldn't right. be calling the game. It's like, no, just they're losing. Like he he just made well, a decision I mean, to try to get it that, off. In. They should be better in some other area, right? <laughs> they shouldn't have as many penalties. They should be able to do some other things, and they're not. I mean, call Jason Garrett. Find look, out some of those motivational quotes he's using. I think look, he's in Jersey. He can use the boss for motivational <laughs> quotes. <laughs> that's absolutely. Uh, next up, we have the Fred Palermo Award. Yeah, that's man, my uncle Fred. Uh, you know, I, I think the Redskins. You know, the Redskins get the break. They get the three turnovers on the missed field goals, which they're turnovers. They they don't make mistakes. They executed down the stretch. I mean, Seattle moved had 400 and plus yards against them. Washington just had 200 and pedestrian type, but it was a great win for Washington. I think their game plan was perfect. They didn't turn the ball over. They didn't make mistakes. They were able to make plays when they needed to make plays. That last drive of the, down the field, Kirk Cousins was great, and uh, I think they deserve an award. I think you know I like this Redskin team. I Me wish too. they were better with the details. I really do. I wish they had more attention to detail. But they're playing with a bunch of backup offensive linemen in there, and they did a nice job. Bill Callahan's a great coach. So I think they deserve it. Uh, they, they, they really had a good game plan for what they were doing. Yeah, and I don't want to, I know we don't gush over the Jay Gruden and the John Gruden's in this podcast very much, but Jay Gruden was great today. I felt like he had everything under control. And even that last drive, the decision to put a spy on Russell Wilson, yeah. it drives me crazy because, like, that's what he does. You have to have someone looking yeah. at him at all the time. And they put Zach Brown, they spied him the whole way down the field. I know they had a Hail Mary that almost worked, but still, at the same time, just to do that was just yeah. smart. I mean, that, that's, when, that's when Russell Wilson's at his best, is when he can make loose plays. Yep, absolutely. Uh, next up, we have the KGB Award. 
Well, I mean, Denver got themselves. They got. I mean, Denver was bluffed the whole way. I mean, Denver. Let's be honest. Denver got. I bluffed think Denver the thought they and were going to go Falcons. into Philadelphia and get a so nice little Falc- win. I, I thought they were too. The idiot. They that must I have listened to us uh, on Saturday. They must have, idiot. I mean, they got bluffed. I mean, they just they made no adjustments in the game. The Eagles did whatever they wanted to do against them. They went unbalanced. They didn't adjust the unbalanced. They didn't handle anything. I think Denver was really poorly coached today. I think they got the, they got bluffed out of this one big time. I think they thought they were going to just roll it out there. I mean, there's problems in Denver. Yep. There's problems that you can, that that are not just lack of quarterback. There are big problems in Denver in terms of where are they in the offensive line? Where are they at running back? Demarius Thomas isn't the same player he once was where you paid him. I mean, this is not a very talented team. Kubiak might have been smart to get out of there. Yeah, exactly. And who knows if he ends up with the Falcons, he's gonna be really smart. Yeah, it'd be really smart. Uh, smart Falcons would be smart to hire him. Absolutely. Next up, we have can't tell my courage from my desperation. I love Jacksonville. I love what Doug Marone did with with. I don't know what Fournette did to break the team rule, but I love the fact that he put the team first. And I think this wins teams over. And then they went out and kicked. Cincinnati's ass, okay, mm-hmm. without him. All right. And that just proves to everybody in special teams, all like in all nobody's bigger than the team. Nobody's yep. bigger than a team. If you want to act Especially like Especially not a rookie. That was the thing in the broadcast. Yeah, but he has talking about but him. he hasn't acted like a you know, yeah. he told the NFL's easy. You know, he's had kind of had this no disrespect to millennials, but he kind of had this millennial approach to everything. Uh, but I mean I, I really liked I, I like that Jacksonville did that and look they're not letting Bortles beat him. Bortles played really well today. Didn't throw an interception. He threw a lot of a lot of throws underneath. He played well, and they ran the football. Chris Ivory's a good back. I mean, Jacksonville is getting their stride, and I think that they they have exactly they know who they are as a football team. They're very they're going to play their way, and they're going to keep playing their style. And they're going to be a hard out. I just will say this too. We had this one moment. Did you see the Doug Marone and Blake Bortles argument on the sideline? No. So they they I think that what happened was they called a run play on a third down and Bortles was obviously upset because he's got such a cannon. He wants to make the oh, throw right. on he, third he, down, he, of course. On so fire. he comes over to Marone pretty, you know, ready to say something, have some hash it out. And Marone was right there. He's right back at him in his face. Yeah. And then they both just, you know, it kind of just squashed it and moved along. And I was like, that's good for Doug Marone. I like yeah, it. no, if you you can't be a good head coach if you don't like confrontation. Mm-hmm. If you don't if you're just gonna stand like a zombie like McAdoo does just stand there like I mean you got to have confrontation like at some point aren't you getting pissed off at this yeah. I mean like I was watching McAdoo today like aren't you going to get pissed off at this like call the team together like okay guys look I'm gonna start firing some people here you know because it's the only way you're going to get their attention remember fear does the work of reason in these situations you can't if people aren't fearful or they're going to lose their jobs you can't reason with them the season's over guys I'm I've seen it too often when when teams when you play teams like like San Francisco 0-9, like Cleveland 0-8, like the Giants with one win. They'll give it a good effort for 20 minutes. But once you take the game over in those 20 minutes – It's a minutes, slippery slope. Right. They're done. Okay, mm-hmm. it's on the next week. We we gave it our shot. We can't win this week. We'll go to next week. Okay, we're going to save ourselves. It's not quitting, but they have had no attention to detail during the week. And to me, you got to do something to correct it. Yep. And uh, our final one of the night – if you don't know now, you know. I think the Saints are, you know, Saints six wins in a row. I doubted them. They played good defense today. They they won in the dome. Their offense is effective. Kamaro's got to be in the consideration for the rookie of the year. That's I what mean, I was going to say. Hunt got shut down today by Sean Lee pretty much. We don't have Deshaun Watson anymore. It's basically the whole Fournette misses a game. We have the whole rookie of the year race is open basically at this point. And Kamara, every single game, he seems to be in there. Yeah, and he and gives some explosiveness to their yeah. offense. I mean, he really is good. And and they were effective today. And I Breeze mean, trusts them. 
Breeze, yeah, thing. that's a key. And getting look, let's not. Look, Adrian Peterson had 36 carries for 150. He way better than I ever thought he could run the ball at this point, you know. But so getting him out of there was a blessing for Kamara. Which is a different kind of back, exactly. And it helped their team, and it helped obviously. It's helped Arizona because they won another game with him being able to at least give him the ball and take some of the pressure off of Drew Stanton. So it was a win-win, but Kamara's a really good player. These backs have been – these rookie running backs in this draft class have been really impressive. Yeah, it's been a lot of fun. I mean, even – I'm going to throw this out there. Christian McCaffrey today, his first rushing touchdown, even though it was an eight-yard pitch from Cam Newton, he got his first rushing touchdown. It actually had actually had some numbers today, but Cam was still their leading rusher. Cam is their best rusher. I mean, Cam is one of the best running backs in football and also a pretty yeah, good quarterback. And I think, look, when Kukli's on the field, they're a better defense. I mean, that's the reality. It's the same it. thing with Sean Lee. Sean, Sean Lee and Luke Keekley. You they know, know that, the like, yes. like what Romo was talking about today with Sean Lee. They know the splits. They know when the 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 line splits are a little wider. They know when an offensive lineman's hands are too hard in their stance. Mm-hmm. They know by formation what people are going to do. We're in week nine of the season. You can watch a tape. And you can call pretty much every play. If you watch Buffalo play or you watch the Eagles, you can call what they're going to run by what they're in. You got to stop it. It's hard. But if you're a really study tape by their splits and everything, you know what they're going to do. Same thing with Kansas City. You kind of know what they're going to do. You know when they're going to run the bubble. But if you don't study the tape and you don't have somebody on your defense that can communicate it to somebody like Keekley can, like Sean Lee can, then all of a sudden you're just out there hoping. Yeah. Well, you have the Matt Ryan's pointing out the mic. And then Keekley's pointing out exactly what they're going to run back at him. You know, right. it's, like, it's like two quarterbacks well, going once, face once to you face. Do that, once you do that, once you tell who he's the mic, then you declare the protection. And then he's what he does is when, when he gets pointed out as the mic, then he looks at the back, okay? Mm-hmm. All right, because he wants to know, does the back have the mic or does the line have the mic? If the back has the mic, the back's eyes will go directly to him. I got him. If the back is looking away when he points out the mic because he's looking for where the will is because he has the will, then Keekley knows the protection. Then Keekley knows the protection. So it's everything about the eyes of the running back, and it's pointing out. So he says, here, Keekley's the mic. Keekley's the mic. Keekley doesn't care that he's the mic. He wants to know who's got the will. Okay. If the line who's got Shaq Thompson, who's got Shaq? If the line has the will, then the center's going to slide to Shaq. If the line has the mic, he knows the back is going to the will. You Mm -hmm. got me? Yep. So that's what he's trying to do. So then he'll say he'll change. He'll change the blitz. He'll change the blitz. He might bring Will Sam. He might bring the the mic and the will. Okay. And he keeps. And now all of a sudden the back's got to stay in, and he drops somebody off, and it's a four man rush. But it's a it's a so it's kind of like he's playing around with them. That's the advantage you have. He's smart enough. He can see guys' eyes, and he knows that when an offensive lineman's on the line of scrimmage, and his eyes are inside, looking inside. You see it all the time. The announcers never talk about it. when his eyes are inside. That means he's blocking down that way. <laughs> yeah, okay. Yeah. All right. So he means he's he goes where his eyes go. Keekly has that ability to see it all, and that really pays dividends. And like most things in sports, anticipation is very, right. very vital. And, and, and if you have the clues beforehand, if you know, if you're not too lazy, I mean, sometimes I was too lazy in college. That's why I went to Valley Forge Military Academy because I, <laughs> even if I had the answers, I was too lazy to study the test. You know, so when you're, if you're not too lazy to That's study, a nice the, shout out for Valley Forge. That's they good. deserve it. Yeah, Roman's down. We need to get a little bit of playoff. Cross <laughs> yeah. lose the school. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Uh, oh, Valley Forge Military. You, you know, I could still remember. One, I have to do this on one of my uh, no, on, on no bull. I'll, 
I'll read the uh, the creed of the Alamada. Hail Alamada, dear. I'll give Highway it to Joel Solomon. He'll, he'll, he'll fight. Yeah, we he'll should do a little pledge you. to Valley Forge. Anyway, anyway that's <laughs> a shout out. I will say this. New Jersey shout out for you. Mike Adams had a great game uh, for the for the Panthers today. I think he's from Patterson, New Jersey. Yeah, and he's been around the league. He really Now, he's another guy who's a smart player. Was When he was in Indianapolis, he can play around with a quarterback. He likes quarterbacks. He can. He, you know, he's not going to fall for the guys. He's not as talented as he used to be in terms of what he can do. He's been with a lot of teams, but he's a smart player. You nice can't, pick today. You 40 yard return. You can't really compromise when you get smart players. Mm-hmm. Because remember this, I'll say it again practice execution becomes game reality. So when you have good practices against the plays that they're going to run, smart players know they're coming. Right, yeah, and they can, and they can anticipate and they make plays. And Mike and Mike Adams is a smart player. Absolutely. Uh, let's wrap this thing up. We got Monday Night Football tomorrow night. What's one thing you're looking forward to? You know, I, I mean, look, the Lions have a hard time protecting it. They're on the road in Green Bay. I hope they wear the right shoes. Everybody slips <laughs> up there in Green Bay. You know, Hunley. I like Mike McCarthy when he said he was. They were not interested in, Bob, in Brian Hoyer. Yeah, they weren't. I mean, <laughs> you watched the last game, but. Uh, it'll be interesting to see. I'm looking interested to see what Hunley's development is. I mean, mm-hmm. Detroit's a, a tough-minded, mentally tough team. They couldn't make a. They couldn't convert in the red zone last week. So I think that's. I want to see where Hunley's development is because right now we didn't talk about this Tate Frazier. But, yeah, let's talk about the playoff picture a little bit. Right, like you could just scratch out like like last year. Right, we had in the NFC, we had. Let's see. We got it right here. You have, well, basically, we have three teams that weren't in last year that are already in, right? At this well, point. they're going to get in. They're I mean, going to they get got, in. They got, unless, unless barring, I mean, look, you can scratch out. You can basically maybe you could scratch out the Packers. You can scratch out the Giants, and you can scratch out the Lions, right? So mm-hmm. one of those. So those are three teams. And then you look at the AFC. Houston ain't going. The Raiders and Miami. Miami's four and four. They might be the worst four and four team I've seen. They don't tackle. Tonight we watched them play. It's bad. I mean, they don't have a running back. Jay Cutler's throwing checkdowns. I mean, Parker's a great receiver. God forbid if we said a bad thing about Jarvis Landry because he's the most important player in the history <laughs> of the franchise. So anyway, but anyway, that, every year there's six new playoff teams yep. typically. And in the NFC, you can see it. So this this game has NFC. You got Eagles, Rams, and Saints that are all going to probably be in the playoffs right. at this point. I, it seems like that. So after the halfway point, I mean, yep. the schedules are That's pretty right. tough. We are literally at the halfway point. of The, the schedules season. will get a little tougher, so it'll be good to see. But I, I I know this. I'm not falling for the Giants anymore. I'm not falling for Baltimore anymore. And I'm definitely not falling for Tampa anymore. Uh, I'm sorry, Jameis. I'm sorry, Derek. It's tough. Hard knocks got us. Got a lot of people buying into it, but. Uh, Maybe just not this year. And Maybe I'm not next falling year. falling for the heist either. Yeah, don't. That's a good lesson for the Simmons podcast. should have got a baseball bat out and hit me over the head with it. <laughs> if you learn anything from GM Street, is don't buy into the heist ever. Yeah. Uh, this has been another edition of GM Street, uh, part of the Ring of Podcast Network. Mr. Mike Lombardi, great stuff. Thanks, Tate Frazier. Thanks again to Hotel Tonight. Things change. The weather changes. Your mood definitely changes. So why lock yourself into plans that might change? With Hotel Tonight, you don't have to because you'll get incredible deals on awesome hotels even at the last minute. Booking on Hotel Tonight gives you the freedom and flexibility to play things by ear while knowing you'll score a great price and a great place to stay. Or if you're the type who likes to plan ahead and have things locked down, you can actually book a room in advance with Hotel Tonight up to seven days in advance everywhere and up to 100 days in advance in certain major cities. Whether you need a room for tonight, tomorrow, or beyond, you definitely want to download the Hotel Tonight app. 
So download the Hotel Tonight app now to find seriously amazing deals.